Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. The following is a presentation of the Four Center Podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center Podcast feed. Now, it's time for Spotlight Star Wars with your host, Ken Knapsack. Episode 125 is on the air. Welcome to Spotlight Star Wars. Indeed, we are going to be diving into your Star Wars memories a little bit later here on the show. I have selected three Star Wars fan memories shared with us on the Four Center Discord server, which you can access through our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Force Center. Uh, check it out if you want to support. It's a lot of tears, a lot of things always going on there, and that gets you access to the Discord server where I'm taking Star Wars memories now from there. 
I, uh, I, uh, I'd done that, and then I kind of stopped that segment for a while, and, I'm, and I was like, you know, it's time to bring it back, time to make use of that uh, excellent community on the Discord server, and that's what we're going to do today. And then also a little programming note, the In Memoriams, which are always uh, here on Spotlight Star Wars, close out the show, things I love doing, by the way. For the time being, we're going to make those YouTube-only exclusive over there. Check out our Force Center page on YouTube as we try to uh, slowly but surely grow our presence a little bit more on YouTube. Uh, me and Kevin Smets, some of you might know him now as a competitor to the movie Trivia Schmodown, but he and I have been working on those for uh, about the past year, putting those together, taking them from Spotlight Star Wars. Uh, he takes my audio and the music, turns them into a nice little video piece. We have a lot of fun doing that. Uh, but we decided, hey, let's draw a little more attention to it by making it YouTube-exclusive for now, look for those. Uh, we've got uh, uh, the uh, Duchess Satine, Captain Kennedy, Darth Maul. I think those are on the way on the YouTube page, but you've heard those on the podcast here on Spotlight Star Wars. So we thought, again, you know, hey, let's just, we got to maybe make it a little more exclusive, get a little bit more views. It's the name of the game here. But because of that, I want to increase my use of you guys out there in Four Center fan land, the listener world. Uh, with your Star Wars memories, they're always my favorite to dive on in and share because I find that the memories connect us, but also make us very unique in our experiences of, of how we found Star Wars and uh, how we love it and why we love it and what brought us in, different eras, different generations, different movies and shows. It's fascinating to me. I think Star Wars memories are so wonderfully shared and unique, like I said, and that's where we're going to dive into a few here today. Uh, it's going to be fun, but uh, before I do... I do want to pass along uh, the news that some of you may have heard. It, it's not, uh, you know, it's no, no longer a secret. Uh, I have got my first book out. It is called Why We Love Star Wars, The Great Moments of Built a Galaxy Far, Far Away. It's from Mango Publishing, great publishing company out there based out of uh, Florida, actually, Miami. And they, uh, they, help, uh, they put out this book uh, with me, or uh, doing the writing, I guess is what I'm trying to say. You can clickety-clack on those keyboards for a good time here over the last year. And we are uh, excited to announce the book is finally out on May 15th, and it's available for pre-order now. Just go to Amazon, type my name, it'll pop up. Uh, it's not uh, necessarily a Force Center-specific uh, project, but Joseph uh, has written a nice forward in it. And Jennifer's got something in there, too, a little bit of a surprise in one of the essays. It's about 104 essays about the great moments, uh, by, chosen by me, which means it'll probably incite some debate, but that's not the point. I go at great lengths at the beginning of the book. I won't spoil uh, my words, but I go in a great length to say, this is my ranking. You have yours. Let's talk about it. But it's all done with a very, uh, you know, positive bent, uh, which is something we'd like to do here at Force Center. And that's something that's always been part of my Star Wars fandom. And we are uh, doing that with a book, Why We Love Star Wars. Check it out. Uh, you'll probably get tired of talking, uh, me talking about it uh, and, and uh, sending it towards that link to pre-order, but... Uh, that's what I got right now, and I'm excited to share it all with you. But another thing I'm excited about, we're not doing it here yet, and we're not doing it on Spotlight Star Wars. There was, there's going to be a special uh, Force Center Reviews, which we haven't done in a while. Joseph and I are going to dive into the Padme-centric uh, book, The Queen's Shadow by E.K. Johnstone. Uh, I am, at the time of this recording... I literally think one chapter away from finishing. In fact, I, I probably should have just sat down and finished it before recording here. But, uh, you know, sometimes I get towards the end of the book and I want to delay finishing it because I had such a good time with the book. And I had a lot of fun with this book. And we are going to dive into it. Joseph and I are going to dive into it uh, more fully. So I'm not going to talk about that here. But one of the things that happens in the book, The Queen's Shadow, 
is uh, not spoiling anything here, though if you want to go in completely blind and haven't read the book yet, I understand. The Queen's Shadow also kind of refers to the Handmaidens, and specifically Sabe, who is the character by, uh, played by Kira Knightley in The Phantom Menace, is the one who is kind of the Padme, or uh, more accurately, the Amidala clone and decoy. This one's a decoy. That is uh, Sabe, and, and you get to learn a, little, learn a little bit more about her and the Handmaidens, their training process, um, what they do, how they take their name kind of to honor uh, the queen they're protecting, and then they got to transition, uh, you know, uh, Amidala kind of becomes Padme, Queen Descender, the big point of the book, that uh, transition period in uh, Padme's lifetimes and career, and all that is fascinating. So there's a focus on her kind of forming a new team as she goes to Coruscant, and, you know, uh, there's a lot in that there. Uh, and it's interesting, it's great, and like I said, we're going to dive on the, into it. But what I, I, I love about, one of the things I love about new Star Wars canon, and, and go with me here as I talk about it there, um, you know, Lucas comes out with Phantom Menace, and, and this is, you know, not a conversation about uh, the movie, uh, more about just what's in the movie, and I loved The Handmaids. And I love the idea of the Queen of Naboo, elected or not, doesn't matter to me, the Queen of Naboo needing decoys, and I thought it was really cool. And she has them, obviously, a little bit later on. But it's more of a Naboo or a Nubian thing, we should say. It's not necessarily commonplace or protocol. I mean, in in Coruscant for senators, I mean, senators have the security teams, don't get me wrong. But the handmaiden aspect, does she need to be, uh, always have a decoy? You know, she has to be... Uh, it, it present for a lot of things. She can't have someone else speaking for her. That wouldn't necessarily be right. Now, I would think that'd be just as important as the queen, but the handmaidens really developed uh, a way of communicating non-verbally with Padme, and uh, the book goes into that, but that's kind of the stuff we kind of knew already. But I love this idea that I don't know, and, and you could see, I'd love to maybe pull old interviews. I'd love to, uh, we're talking about it, we have talked about it, but I'm going to be rereading the Phantom Menace novel, and I might squeeze it in here between the, the Queen's Shadow and then Claudia Gray's Master and Apprentice book about Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan. I might, I might get in there and read the Phantom Menace novel now. As Force Center looks towards the Phantom Menace in a 20-year celebration, the main show will be doing some segments and shows around that as well. But I want to dive in because I, I'm fascinated. Just as we learned in uh, the New Hope novelization going back uh, to uh, 77, actually before the movie came out, going to um, the Empire novel and the Return of the Jedi novel. One of the things we've been doing here on Spotlight Star Wars, it's fascinating to learn a lot of things that were already in place that maybe we don't think to give George credit for. Uh, things. Uh, the highlight was, of course, I think for me, was Mon Mothma, seeing how clearly that character's career was, uh, was there, put in there by George. So I'm curious to go back and see what George had for the Hadmaidens. And this goes, goes to my little topic sentence here. Uh, what I love about new canon is George creates this. He gets this Phantom Menace. You've got the Queen of Naboo. She's got handmaidens. Uh, they are all young f- females in robes, and, and the term handmaiden that definitely uh, speaks of someone who is uh, doting and waiting and serving uh, the Queen um, more... You would you don't you don't think bodyguard you don't think train killer you don't think all these things and we do learn over time, and I and I know this did come from from Lucasfilm at the time and George said you know these these were more than just classic quote unquote headmains they were her security team there was a point there's a reason she trusts them, but what I love is 
E.K. Johnstone, uh, for the first time really ever, and again, handmaidens have been in other areas, and obviously in the Clone Wars we see a lot about Padme, a lot's there, but E.K. Johnstone really takes a deeper dive into what the handmaidens are, what they meant, and like I said, how they trained, how they got there, and what they can do, and their personalities, and I love that, and that's one of the things I love about new canon, that it often can take something that we grew up with, something that um, didn't... It didn't have the benefit of a deeper dive at the time. Uh, something that was even kind of maybe an air or underwritten. I think the the, the most f- famous one for me, or infamous, depending on your point of view, is is the character of Princess Leia in A New Hope. She is everything we know she is. She is strong. She is Carrie Fisher to the heart. She is feisty. She is self-rescuing princess, all these ideas. Uh, she's a great leader. But at times she's underwritten. At times, uh, she is, uh, you know, the the third uh, third uh, character in the depth chart of the big threes. We got Luke, we got Han, we got Leia. Now, again, that doesn't necessarily mean that was the case for you. And that's not what George was broadcasting. It just, they were the big three. But I, I think in story, there's some moments where Leia is there to serve the needs of the other characters there. For instance, the biggest one, Obi-Wan dies, Luke is upset, understandably, and Leia's there to put the blanket on him and comfort him, which is great and speaks a lot about the character of Leia, uh, her ability to have, find uh, empathy in a situation and care for other people. That's why uh, she is what she is and she's doing what she's doing. But the joke has always been for years that, gee, she has lost her home planet, you know, billions of people possibly, depending on the numbers, and her family, her upbringing, her life. She just had to sit there and watch it in the clutches of Darth Vader, who she doesn't even know at this time is her father. And then here she is. She's rescued. She's fighting. She does that thing. But then poor Luke loses one old space wizard, and and she's uh, no one's comforting her. No one's putting a blanket around her. It's fair to say, and we've talked about this before on Force Center, but it's fair to say it was a little underwritten moment for Leia. Now, do I think George should have put in a scene where Han and Luke put a blanket around Leia because she's upset about her planet? I'm not necessarily saying that. I don't think anyone is saying that. I think you get where I'm going with it, though. It was, it was just a little weird moment that over time you look back and go, huh, okay. I guess, you know, George didn't think about it. George. He made, it, he made a great film, and we don't need to nitpick that much, but it's there. But New Cannon has really taken that and run. And I say new canon because uh, no disrespect to the legends where even if it has come up in legends, this is what we have now. This is the story. and We are obsessed with canon. Whether we completely love it or not, we talked this past week on the main show about unreliable narrators, and I love the idea because it it kind of plays in canon with the idea of canon being the first and foremost uh, thing on our mind as fans. It shouldn't always be. It should be the story uh, first. But uh, in, in canon now, we have this kind of bigger explanation going back to that moment about Leia having to continue to fight and to continue to go on and continue to lead. Leia has to do all of that. Leia needs to do all of that. She doesn't have time to do anything else. And Luke doesn't know. He is a farm boy. Pressed into a larger conflict, almost... Not against his will, but unexpectedly. He doesn't know what's going on. He's never sure about this. But here you have this character of Leia. This is her rebellion, as George Lucas does say. 
I believe that's the description Carrie said. You know, you got you know, he said you got the bumbling farm boy, you got the you know, the scoundrel doesn't care, and you got Leia, and they got their story, and Leia has her story, and the rebellion is her story. We go back to that moment and it keeps playing out time and time again in new canon as we kind of flush out that story and take what might be a little bit of an oversight and turn it into a very strong character point. That keeps going on for Leia, and I think it will carry on into 9. We'll see where the character goes beyond 9. I don't know. I don't necessarily, at this point, I don't know if they they have uh, the character of Leia pass on in Episode 9. I don't know. If you're going this direction, if you're going this direction and you're going to keep the character going uh, in a respectful way uh, with the uh, legacy of Carrie Fisher not tainted at all, if the family's comfortable with that and that's what the story is going to happen uh, or that's where they're going to take the story and that's how it's going to happen in Star Wars, I'm okay with Leia surviving beyond Episode 9. I actually really am. Uh, we've always talked here in Force Center the idea of recasting. Uh, Joseph really put this out there first. Uh, to, to the legacy of the character, if, if it serves the character to go on and to even be recasted, uh, recast, then we should look at that and not be so uh, almost like a Sith uh, possessive of the role uh, and to see it only as, as Carrie Fisher. I think that, that, that always under, that's understandable. Would have been very tough if we're going into episode nine and Annette Benning is is you know who was my choice, um, Meryl Streep if that was your choice playing Leia it would have been weird. We would have been kind of bracing for impact in a weird way. But I like where they're going, and because of that, I think the character can go on, and this character point going back to New Hope can be stronger, which ties this all to my original point. Oh, we like to ramble here in Spotlight Star Wars. Before I get to your memories, these handmaidens. Looking forward to talking about the Padme book with you all because I I, uh, I love what we learned about the Handmaidens and how it can, continues to kind of grow. These stories of these little characters, these little nooks and crannies in the Star Wars story, ones that we grew up with, ones that we just accepted, ones that we saw, hey, it wasn't perfect. Now we have them flushed out. And I love it so much. It's one of my favorite things about reading these novels and these comics, and I hope you do too. I want to talk about some Star Wars memories with y'all here. That's right. Like I said, go into our Discord server on Patreon. It's time to share some memories with all of you as provided by our listeners. We're going to start here with a great memory from Will Dixon, who calls himself a self-made Jedi Knight. Here is Will's memory. He says, my earliest Star Wars memory is watching the original trilogy on Betamax. Fist pump right there, yes. All the while, waving my yellow first-generation stiff-bladed lightsaber around, pretending I was a Jedi. Now, there's a collector's item. The saber was a bit bulky for small hands, so that was always a bit of a problem when trying out my most acrobatic moves. One day, however, my solution would present itself. My father, grandfather, and I all played golf, and my grandfather routinely regripped and rebuilt his clubs. He had a workshop dedicated to the craft out in his home in the country. One day, when lamenting the fact that I had no sword or lightsaber to play with as it was back at home, I saw it. A silver discarded golf shaft, still with a grip on it, but headless. It fit my hands perfectly. 
I rushed outside as the first Jedi to ever wield a silver-bladed lightsaber and gave the galaxy what for. My sturdy weapon slicing the Imperials of the Emperor with ease. In the end, I can't say I ever went back to any other authentic lightsaber again. Will, thanks for that memory. I love that there because uh, I can I can just imagine that the imagination of a child. I remember my nephew, who's uh, in his teens now, but when he was uh, eight months old, was on a little family trip. It was kind of the first time I really met him. He's eight months, right? I'm a proud first-time uncle. I'm excited. I take my hard-earned dollars, and I go to a local uh, toy store uh, with my family, and I buy uh, my eight-month-old nephew something fancy, big plastic kind of little chair with the wheels, and you put him in the center. It looks like he's a little droid almost, and, uh, you know, he's got all these toys, all these things to engage his mind and all this stuff. I didn't have a, you know, I wasn't rolling in money. I'm not now. wasn't then. And it was like $80, man. And it was like, all right, it was like 2002. I'm putting this stuff in here. All right, we're going. I'm investing in the future of my nephew. I get back. We get back to the cabin we're staying at, and I build it. And I'm just so, look, my mom's taking pictures. Look, Uncle Ken's doing the thing. Uh, He got in it, and he enjoyed it. Uh, For the rest of the the six-day vacation, uh, he played with two rocks, small pebbles, we had put in an empty plastic water bottle and put the cat back on. And he never really again touched the $80 plastic toy I had, the official uh, gift for him. He just shook those rocks around. Now, I'm not saying Will is like an eight-month-old uh, boy, nor me, nor you listening, but it just goes to show the imagination is what grabs you. And Star Wars inspires our imagination in anything can be Star Wars. I remember walking along and seeing like a little uh, uh, kind of uh, uh, a plant. It had like a little uh, spore type thing on the end of it. I'm not a, you know, I'm not a gardener. I'm not describing it horribly. But I thought, oh, that looks like an Ewok weapon. So I picked it up. I'm about eight or nine years old. And I take it back and I put it in the hands of my low gray Kenner action figure. I had a wicket at a low gray. I probably had a T-bow. Didn't have a Chirpa, which is weird because I love Chief Chirpa so much. I think I'll need to get a a, a classic Chief Chirpa Kenner figure somewhere, maybe at Star Wars Celebration. Maybe I'll pick one up. But I put that little little real-life plant, twig with a weird spore ball on the end of it. That became my Ewok weapon. Whatever happened to the plastic one that came with the Kenner package? I don't know. I played with that one. It inspired my imagination. It was something that I thought, ah, look at this. What Will's experiencing, we all have experienced. I remember walking down hallways late at night on a, sh- a shift, a graveyard shift I was working at my old security job. I'm just walking an empty mall, patrolling in hallways, checking water pressures on water mains, these things we had to do overnight. And I had a four-cell uh, four, uh, four sea battery uh, flashlight thingy, one of those big ones, you know? hanging on my, my Sam Brown belt, and here I am, 23, in the big city, working, chasing my dreams. And I grabbed the flashlight, and I pretended it was a blaster, and I'm walking through the hallways, making little stormtrooper sounds. All right, we got one here. Oh, I'm checking this vent main. I'm glad no coworker ever saw me. Might have been fired, or they would have joined me. I just remember thinking... That's all I needed. <laughs> a long lightsaber. It could have been a lightsaber. I could have used it just like Will used his golf club, but I used it as a blaster. 
a quote-unquote adult. But then that's the thing. Why should we say that's just in our youth? I'll occasionally get on a freeway and think I'm piloting a Y-wing. It's kind of fun. So, Will, what a fun memory. I wonder whatever happened to that golf club. And I bet in your brain, in your youthful headcanon, you probably thought, yeah, yeah, I am the first Jedi with a silver blade. Fun stuff there. Thanks for sharing, Will. Greatly appreciated there. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. 
We got this uh, next memory from Green Colleen, Colleen over there in France. It's done some uh, work with us on our website, getting some of uh, the Star Wars ranked episodes kind of uh, uh, put together. I need to update that actually on our website, forcecenterpod.podomatic.net. Colleen shares this. Uh, my first memory, my first Star Wars memory is seeing Phantom Menace in cinema. It's the first film, not just Star Wars, the first film that I remember watching in cinema. I was too young to truly understand everything that was going on, but I was hooked. My older brother was so happy I liked it. We started spending all of our time flying uh, fake flying ships and lightsaber dueling. Again, the imagination of youth. He was quite gum, and I was his Padawan Obi-Wan. And we went on adventures every time our parents took us somewhere. He showed me the original trilogy, and we watched it 20 times before seeing Attack of the Clones and 20 times before Revenge of the Sith. It really, that's 40 times total. Uh, <laughs> I know math. Two plus two equals chicken. It really brought, up, uh, brought us closer together when we used to fight all the time. Now the Padawan has surpassed the Master, and I'm the one keeping him up to date on everything happening in Star Wars news and canon. Colleen, thank you so much for that short story. Again, showing the imagination of youth. Importance of that there, but I thought it was interesting as we really we come up on twenty years, twenty years of the Phantom Menace this May. Looking back on the hype, looking back on where I was in my life, looking back where all of us were as fans. What happened after the Phantom Menace? We all know. We all know some of the problems it caused. We all know. We if you haven't heard Ahmed Best talk about what his life was like professionally and personally post Phantom Menace, check it out. We all know some of the horror stories. We all know how divisive it was. Uh, if, you, if, you, if you think uh, it's divisive now, the last Jedi, go back then. But all that came after. I love that 20 years later, we can look, and listeners like Colleen can look back with all of us and realize that the Phantom Menace introduced even more fans to Star Wars. And that's something, a drum we keep beating here. We love talking about that at Force Center because it's important. Star Wars Resistance, Star Wars Kids, Star Wars Rebels, that might be the first visit to the Star Wars galaxy from someone. The first film might be The Force Awakens, even as an adult, in any film going forward. It's important if you want to be an ambassador for Star Wars, which doesn't mean you can't criticize or you have to love every single minute or scene. Of course not. But I love this idea. I love what Colleen's talking about. And Colleen then is of the generation that whether they meant to or not, whether they set out to do that or not, they're part of the generation that made the older generation of Star Wars fans, the original generation, if you will, take stock of how they loved Star Wars and how they shared that passion, how they celebrated it. I know it worked for me. I remember at the time talking to my seven-year-old cousin, who's now in his 20s, mid-20s, pursuing a film career and also a political career. He loved The Phantom Menace, and he doesn't necessarily love it now. But at the time, at the time, I was one of those fans like, ah, George did did us wrong. I don't understand a lot of things there. Ah, It was all on the surface. All that is on the surface for me. For me. might not have been for you. I'm saying everyone needs to love The Phantom Menace. But I remember him describing it to me. He had seen the other films at the time. Attack of the Clones, of course, Revenge of the Sith, not yet out. But he liked The Phantom Menace more than, than the original trilogy. Now, that's not still the case. But at the time, I remember all 23 years of age for me 
and at the and playing with a, a lightsaber on the job or a, a flashlight, pretending it's a lightsaber and a blaster here, mostly a blaster because I do like the war over the lore. Uh, looking at him, all seven years old, and thinking, okay, I can't attack it in front of him. And that started there, and that grew and grew and grew until the stuff I've told you guys before in Jedi Alliance, where it was fans probably like Colleen in the comments going, all right, you know, make fun of the Phantom Menace. But that is my entry point into Star Wars, and I think that's valuable to reiterate and say again and again and again as we head to the 20th year anniversary of the Phantom Menace. Thank you, Colleen. Of your uh, brother and you get to go see Episode 9. It'll be a lot of fun. Final memory of the day here comes from LJP UK. LJP over in the UK uh, says this. I have a couple. More recent one was an observation. When watching Empire with my daughter, who's seven, we've watched them all together aside from Revenge of the Sith. And she is a Leia fan, but I digress. But that's good, LJP. Uh, we got to the scene where Lando is with them on the Falcon, and she immediately tied it into Solo, where they are leaving Kessel in a very similar scene. We start talking about L3 being part of the Falcon, and if Lando remembered she was there in Empire, one of those light bulb moments where you realize as a lifelong fan, you sometimes dig into things too much and should just sit back and enjoy the ride. Picking out this having watched them all was something I realized that the store group were actually doing a pretty good job. It's, uh, well, uh, his second memory is my other is from my youth as a seven-year-old watching Return of the Jedi for the first time at the cinema. I loved Star Wars before, but then my folks surprised me with a trip. Back then, I didn't have a clue a new film was coming out. Oh, that's interesting. That's an interesting observation. I still remember being in the cinema watching it being blown away. I was on the big screen and not having been in cinema much and only seen Star Wars at VHS at home. One of the few memories I have from that age and one I'll never forget. That's mine too. Seven was when I saw Return of the Jedi. It's the first one I saw. Now, uh, I have no memories of seeing uh, New Hope at the drive-in theater. It was one. I didn't see Empire. I think I saw, uh, I thought Battlestar Galactica on TV was Star Wars because uh, my friend had, uh, a friend of the family where I grew up had Kenner action figures of, of the Star Wars, but also had the Battlestar Galactica figures. Uh, so it was easy for me, all six or seven years old, think they were all the same. Watch Return of the Jedi, wondering where Starbuck and Apollo were. But I digress myself. Uh, I uh, uh, love that idea that uh, LJP's uh, sh sharing here uh, of just uh, being blown away, seeing this on the big screen and being pulled into that world. And then I love uh, hearing, yeah, I do think they're doing a good job. I think I hear all the time one of the complaints is, uh, these things aren't connected. What's the plan? Lucasfilm needs a plan. Maybe. I think it's more planned out than you think, but I also think George would disagree. Just tell your story. But I also think there are connections. We talk often here the emotional canon here on Force Center, and there is a strong thread of emotional canon through all of these stories. But that's there for the adults. It's little things like this. It's so funny how his, uh, his daughter, Seven, fan of Leia, that's great, sees it and connects it. Oh, it's the Falcon. That was that ship from Solo. Lando's friend L3 is now in the Falcon. Wonder if he remembers it. That's pretty cool. End of analysis. It's fun to dive in. We all should dive in.
Hell, I just wrote a book diving in here. We've got four, almost five years of programming in Force Center diving in. We love to dive in. We should dive in. It's part of the fun of being an adult Star Wars fan. But I do love just watching it, the eyes of a child. Going back to Return of the Jedi, I never once questioned Luke's plan growing up. It's fun to question it now. Joseph Scrimshaw did an excellent Star Wars counseling about that. How did Luke think all that was going to work? What was his plan? Did he have a plan when he went to Jabba's palace? I don't know. It's a fair question, and it's a fun question to take a deep dive into. When I was seven, I don't worry about that. I just knew that Hero and the Black Cloak and the Green Blade had saved the day. That's all I needed to know. When I watched The Last Jedi, oh, let's get to it. I'm sorry to report to a lot of fans, not Force Center fans, because even Force Center fans who don't like The Last Jedi like it, uh, don't like it in a way that is uh, pretty respectful, and we appreciate that. But everyone else, I'm sorry to report that when I watched The Last Jedi, I was moved as if I was a child. And when I watch it now, when I put it on now, I'll admit, some of the stuff in Canto Bite I skipped past. You know, Van William and I did the bathroom break episode of Star Wars Rank recently. doesn't mean we don't love the movies or the stories. Just we know we've seen this enough that if the Wrath Tars are on, Van's going to go. He's going to go to the bathroom or make a sandwich or pop some popcorn and come back to the movie. We've all seen these movies enough. That's what the list meant. I'll watch Last Jedi now. Some of the stuff I can't abide. I go, okay, I'll come back. I'll do some chores. You know, we all put these movies on in the background after a while. I have seen Solo 35 times. No joke. Some of it was because I was researching for the book, but I just have it on. It's my favorite movie. It's my favorite Star Wars movie just to put on now. I put on in the background, do some vacuuming, do some writing, work out, whatever. Solo is on. I don't need to see every frame every second, but it's on. It's comforting. When I watch The Last Jedi now in that capacity, there are those scenes that I move past. And there's some things that go, ah, I still wish Luke didn't throw the lightsaber over his shoulder. I wish he dropped it. Yeah. Leia using the Force, it moved me emotionally then, but I was found it a little bit awkward the way it looked. And I still think that. But I'm sad to say, for a lot of haters out there, that when I watched Last Jedi then, for the first time, when I watched it now, recently, we could have to go ahead and on. I see all that, and I'm just simply moved. I guess call me simple. Holdo's maneuver. Here's how my mind works. When the debate started raging over Holdo's maneuver, her sacrifice, which I consider Holdo going down with the ship, I by no means thought for a second, well, this just undoes 40 years of Star Wars uh, tactics and logic. And God bless you if you did think that. May the Force be with you. But then you, I think... I think maybe you missed the point. It's just a beautiful moment. Watch that documentary, the director and the Jedi. When they talk about that moment, you can see how what they were going for. The silence. The awe. The sacrifice. It's still one of my favorite Star Wars moments. The passing of Luke. Leia using the Force. Kylo and Rey touching hands. Kylo telling Rey, you know what you are. And she says, yeah, no one. 
all those moments. He was moved by them on a simple, simple level. Moved by them, saw what they went, meant, saw how they connected to the bigger story, and just didn't question it. I just took it as what it was. Oh, there's deep themes. Oh, they're there. And I love talking about them, and I love writing them. But I think back to what LJP is talking about, Return of the Jedi. I didn't worry that there was a second Death Star. I didn't worry about the Ewoks being nothing more than toys to sell to kids. I didn't worry about any of that. I was just moved by a saga in a galaxy far, far away. I hope you guys were, and I hope you all will continue to be. It's what we try to do here in Force Center. We'll have our moments. We'll break into it. I still don't like when the five years run through town as much as I want to like it. I love the five years. I think they're a great design. I don't like that sequence that much. Yeah, there's some things. Some things in all the movies. I don't like that the Star Killer base was essentially a third Death Star. But I bet you, if I was seven, I wouldn't be thinking, they did it again. I'd just be thinking, wow. And I think as we head into a, a really big season of celebration, Star Wars celebration is about that. And it's what we try to do here. I hope all of you will create more memories that you can come share with us here on Spotlight Star Wars. And I hope you will just open up your heart as a fan and watch. We'll analyze, we'll break down, poke a little fun. We'll have all of that here in Force Center. But if you like Star Wars, if you love Star Wars, let yourself do that. Open up your heart. And the Force just might be with you. We'll see you next time here on Spotlight Star Wars. Thanks for listening to Spotlight Star Wars on Force Center. Follow us on Twitter at Force Center Pod and follow Ken online, including Twitch, at Ken Knapsack. Consider supporting Force Center on Patreon at patreon.com slash Center. Go to forcecenterpod.podomatic.net for more information and use the hashtag Spotlight Star Wars to join the conversation. Until next time, this has been Spotlight Star Wars on Force Center. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.